0: Fans and welcome to the internationally known dudes at ringside podcast. I am your host, Joe the Panther, the bird, and now introducing for the top of Metal Mountain, all the way down to all 50 states and the globe, it's the Happy Heel himself, the Metal Geek.
1: What's going on, Ringside Crew? What's going on, internationally known? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Joe? How's it going? We have not too much,
0: man. Whew. feel that chill
1: yeah
0: Whew. you ready for the show geegan? yeah because let's give a warm, dudes at ringside welcome to al snow
1: hi guys what's How going on dude <laughs> tomorrow, going?
0: welcome al welcome to dudes at ringside podcast thank you very much Awesome. Uh, thanks
1: for accepting a, our uh, invitation dude yeah
0: well i appreciate you guys giving me the time no mm-hmm. problem and uh, we've had a lot of your students from ovw like so many on this podcast so far it's like oh have
2: you hey, really
1: yeah ajc uh AJC, we've
0: um we've had uh killjoy yeah. um who else we've had quite a few
2: yeah um, that's awesome yes, yeah that's
0: great we we love showing love. We got we love showing love for the independent wrestling scene because, like, Geek is the one that got me really into the indies, He got me into the Ring of Honors. And ever since, I just after that, I was just like watching NYWC. Hey, what's going on? Watching, um, uh, in Long Island, there's a uh, thank you for being a fan. Oh, no problem, yeah. thank you, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, First and foremost, uh, we want to thank you for what you did for that kid. So we, we just tell what was going through your head that day when you went, when you saved that kid on the beach.
2: Oh, look, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, I was able to help out in a very dire situation that turned out, thank God turned out okay for both of us. You know, um, it got a little dicey for, for a second. And, um, I mean, I got to be honest, I, I, for a moment, I really did fear for my life. Um, I thought for a moment when um, I grabbed him, um, basically, uh, we were in Destin, Florida, and uh, uh, my wife and I were supposed to leave that day, come back to OVW because we had TV that that day, and uh, we decided to stay down an extra day because on uh, the day before, a tropical storm had blown through, and so the water uh, at the beach was was very rough. Um, and the uh, lifeguard had cordoned off an area on the beach that was basically a no-go zone uh, because there was a uh, rip currents, riptides, in the uh, in that area. And um, the little boy was swimming, and uh, he happened to go into that area, and the riptide caught a hold of him um and and it was almost i you know the only way i can describe it is it was like as if a rope was tied to his foot and he just was being pulled out to sea um he was vainly trying to swim and was screaming for help and uh you know i saw the uh lifeguard on the beach she wasn't really making a move um um, and he was going out further um she was very small she was you know lucky if she was maybe five foot tall and maybe a hundred pounds or something then Wow. I knew that you know if she tried to save him; it would probably take her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another guy between me and the kid, and he wasn't moving. So I just—I don't know—I just took off and I moved as fast as I could and covered as much distance as I possibly could. And he just kept going further out. And um, thank God I caught him at the last second by the wrist because if I'd have missed him, he'd have that'd have been it. He was going to go into no man's land. He was—he was, he was going to go so far out that it would definitely you know, we both probably would have died if I'd have went further after him. And I caught him by the wrist and pulled him to me and, um, uh, told him to hold on. And just as I did, the a, a big wave took us under. Um, and, uh, I honestly flashed for a second. I, you know, I just thought maybe this was the way I was going to go. Like, you know, like Shad, uh, Gaspar had done, uh, last year. Yeah. His son. And, uh, yeah, I just I could feel the current pulling me, as, and it was hard. it was really pulling. And uh, I just dug my feet in as deep as I could and pushed as hard as I could, and came up at the surface and uh, made my way forward against the current and as hard as I could. And and um, I shoved him to the uh, lifeguard who had come out where it was shallower, and the rip current wasn't. And then I pushed him to her, and she took him, and I just cut at an angle and went back to the beach and the adrenaline more often, and, and uh, whew, I was exhausted.
1: So, Yeah. It's speak of that and scary because of what happened with Chad and everything, you know, and sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, it was a terrible tragedy and, uh, you know, I, I, there was a moment that, that it crossed my mind as we were underwater. I just thought for a brief second that maybe this was, this would be the way I, I go, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'd do whatever I could to save the little boy. So. Yeah, definitely Like Yeah mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much I uh, appreciate that mm-hmm. Meme, me, meme,
1: or meme mania Meme mania yeah, Remember, in
0: like, college, he, he would sit and watch Wrestling with us, like, every Monday And every Friday, we would sit and watch Monday Night Raws, and uh, in college we all sit together and watch, surround the TV And just watch you on TV and stuff like that so, Well, yeah. thank you Thank yes.
2: God, because otherwise I wouldn't have a
0: job.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, start off with the question.
1: All right. You... Uh, um, how, how did you know about the situation though?
2: I just was in the water already, yeah, but a, further away. I was probably a good football field away, and and uh, we were he was by the time I caught him, he was at least a football field away from the beach. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to judge distance in those moments, but um. And, um, I heard, um, uh, I heard him yelling for help and I heard the mother spotted him and she started yelling for help. Um, and the, I saw the lifeguard stand up, but not move. She just kind of came down to the water, but didn't come in. And, uh, I, and I, I just, I knew I had to go. So,
0: hmm.
2: Wow. You know. I, I,
0: I remember when I s- I after, right after we I think it was right after we, we got you to come on our podcast. I saw that on, on TMZ and I was like, my dad's like oh well, my name's real name is Randy. They're like, Randy, isn't isn't that the guy that's coming on your podcast? I was like, Yes, dad, that's Al Snow. He was like, Wow. My dad's an ex-law enforcement officer in New York, and he was a 9-11 first responder. He's like, He's brave. He's very brave to do that for
2: a kid. I, and I, was like, I yeah. don't know about that. I just.
1: You're, you know, you're a hero, dude.
2: <laughs> no, no, I did what anybody else, you know, should have and would have done. So, you know, it's uh, like I said, I'm just grateful that one, I was in the right place at the right time. And two, that it, it all worked out for both of us. You know, it, it could have went very badly, very quickly. But uh, thankfully, it, it, it came out all right. So. Yeah. So
0: um, I want to ask you: Out of all the the wrestlers that are in, all your wrestlers you're working with in OVW right now, who right now would you say would be like a like a star you would see going into like the um, any mainstream. of the other groups like what's that mainstream? What which person would you see going mainstream right now, like a tag team or a solo wrestler?
2: Hopefully, all of them. I you know. I hate people ask me those questions, and it's very, it's very difficult for me. One to try to remember the whole roster right off the yeah. top of my head, a- uh, and two, uh, I don't want to mention any one particular person, and then they hear it and they go, "Well, why didn't he mention me?" You know, and I may have meant to mention them, and I just slipped my mind. You know, um, um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm trying everything I can to elevate everyone on the roster to be that mainstream, uh, star. Um, yeah. and, and there's potential for each and every one yeah. of them, you know, uh, in, in different parts of the card, everyone serves a purpose. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that, you know, as we continue to, to get our name out there and, uh, continue to get more exposure, um, and more attention from the wrestling world, um, because for a very long time we operated under a cone of silence i mean we just were totally ignored by by everyone uh within wrestling about in regards to vw um mm-hmm. you know so you know to be able to finally start to get uh, a little bit of notoriety and a little bit of recognition for the talent is is great and i'm hoping that it will uh open up doors and and, and you know increase opportunities for them to to expand and, and grow and go further. So who is, I know,
1: I know this is kind of a similar question, but who's your favorite point you worked with in your career?
2: Uh, again, that's,
1: that's a really hard
2: question. I mean, I've, you know, I've been wrestling for uh, this coming may will be 40 years and uh, you know, so it's difficult to pick one or two people out of all the hundreds or thousands of different guys that I've worked with over the years. You know, um, there were lots of guys that I really enjoyed having the opportunity to get in the ring and, and go with and work with and, and in different circumstances. And, uh, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's real tough to pull one out and go, oh, just this one guy, you know. And again, don't I don't want <laughs> to offend anybody, yeah. you know. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and go, hey, why didn't you say me, man? That's yeah. BS, man. So yeah. I gotta yeah. try to or, try to be political. Yeah,
1: yeah. one of my one of my favorite matches of yours was actually the the river match. The, the I think it was oh, a hardcore Mississippi match, river, yeah. a Mississippi River match. Yeah, yeah Well, you guys was, ended up in the Mississippi River.
2: That was probably yeah. one of my favorite matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably one probably one of my smarter ideas, but you know. Um, it was a real. In my defense, it was a lot warmer in the afternoon, outside in the air, than it was in that water at night. And uh, it was February, and you know I didn't really put two and two together. And uh, that water was a lot deeper and a lot faster than I could have ever imagined. So, uh, was, I, I don't
1: think I saw a Falls County where a match end up in a river before. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you know,
2: I don't think anybody's copied it since.
1: So.
0: I'm, I'm surprised. Any time they go to New York, they don't try to do that. But then, you know,
2: it's New York River. <laughs> you don't want to touch <laughs> <so>. Mississippi <laughs> River no. was disgusting. So I can only imagine what the New York River is like. Yeah, guy, come up, have something on your neck, fish.
0: Ah, fish is on me.
2: Yeah. Hey, Justin Del Rio. Hello there.
0: Yeah. Like, we got plenty of people in here well, now. what would you
1: say your favorite matches Joe my like
0: I would I would say all of his matches like when he won the hardcore title on Raw any of his, any of his hardcore matches he's done on Raw like anytime he won the hardcore title I think all all out, all your matches out there are like legendary to me like as a kid a teen watching you on Raw like so do you have any stories from any of your matches that you want to talk about tonight
2: I mean you know um There was, of course, in uh, Montreal, the one night when um, um, Bob Holly exposed me, Uh, Big Jim and the Twins made an appearance, because um, the story behind that is that uh, Bob and I were working quite frequently, and every time Bob would uh, put me in a vertical suplex, he'd like to hold me up in the air, you know, for an extended, I mean, really long time. So I'd get bored, and I'd, you know, start pointing at his crotch and doing this, or I would act like I was doing other things, you know, while he, I was upside down and people every night would be laughing. He didn't understand why they would be laughing because I never told him. He never knew what I was doing, you know, and uh, Mick Foley smartened him up, stooged me off and uh, knew that I didn't wear under trunks um, under my tights. A lot of guys didn't. Um, and I had a singlet and, uh, you know, uh, I saw him and Bob over there talking and we were in a uh, four-corners tag match. It was uh, the Hollies, the Dudleys, uh, I think it might have been Edge and Christian, I'm not sure, and and uh, me and Mick and uh, Bob, you know, finally got in the ring with me. I kept trying to avoid being in the ring with him, and he got me and, you know, snatched me upside down and then just pulled him open and let <laughs> everybody. And in my defense, it was winter, and it was an ice arena, and it was very cold so Ooh. um yeah and then a the time in louisville kentucky uh at a smackdown taping uh hunter went to suplex me and, and yeah uh the dick mango trio made another public appearance so uh, <laughs> oh, no. yeah so i was in kuwait and uh marty and uh you know, the bushwhackers were all sitting on a beach outside the hotel on the gulf yeah a persian gulf and uh uh, an American lady came over with her kids to take pictures with all of us. And as I scooted back, my shorts scooted up. And, of course, um, you know, the next day I get a letter under the door saying that she took photos and that all was not quite right. Um, and uh, that she would destroy the pictures. I was like, well, thank you very much. So, oh,
1: geez. Yeah.
2: Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. What,
1: what was it? So are, about, what, sorry. Go ahead, Joe.
0: Go. go no, you, I, I was finishing my sentence.
1: Hi. I was going to ask, what was it like working with Steve Blackman?
2: Oh, he, he's a great guy. <laughs> he's really a wonderful person. You know, he's a very serious, a very no nonsense kind of guy. Um, uh, but if he likes you, he'll you know he'd do anything for you. Hell, he'd kill for you, which is the truth. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. But he's he's an awesome individual and uh, really down to earth, great guy. Um, and uh, we had so much fun, you know, uh, doing that head cheese uh run <laughs> with all the yeah, little vignettes and stuff backstage we we were almost like a tv show within a tv show every night <laughs> yeah so another another question is like
0: how was it working with perry saturn was he was he a good guy to work with and stuff like that
2: perry was you know perry was very you know decent guy i mean i, I never had any trouble with perry at all um not, you know, I always enjoyed working with him, and you know, we'd joke around while we were in the ring. Nobody would know what we were doing, and we'd you know pull little pranks on each other and things like that. So, you know, it made it a lot of fun. All right,
1: um, what? Well, you already asked the stories already, right? So, I was gonna say the the Kendall from Hell match. Do you have any stories from that, or uh?
2: I just thought, you know, um, when I was approached, I've told this before, but when I was approached with the idea, um, I insisted that we use highly trained animals from the very beginning. Uh, and and uh, throughout the build to the actual match, I continued to assert that we needed to have highly trained animals from the same kennel directed by, you know, voice commands um, inside the, the cage. And I was assured that that was what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, we got, they, they gave me pepper and that was a, a little Chihuahua that they had contacted a veterinarian clinic and got a list of owners that had Chihuahuas. And, you know, that's how I got pepper. So the, Chihu- the Chihuahua wasn't trained. Um, and then when we got to Charlotte, North Carolina, I walked in the building and there was probably 10 or 11 different dogs, you know, and they all had 10 or, different, 10 or 11 different odors and what had happened is they'd waited till the day of the show and uh, decided to call a veterinarian clinic to get a list of owners that had Rottweilers. And, you know, one of them had some obedience training. So, you know, you built the entire crux of the story around um, these dogs, and then you couldn't uh, film them or use them in any manner in the match because they were urinating, defecating, and fornicating, where um, you could show them on camera. So... Well- it was yeah, kind of I a tits up situation the whole
0: way through yeah i i would see that on youtube i would remember watching that match going
2: why are they not showing the dogs <laughs> like, that was why and the owners had them on leashes inside It took away you know you you built the entire crux of the story around the fact that there were going to be these vicious dogs and they, they weren't at all so you know it yeah just didn't... <laughs> so... um...
0: Do you have any stories? Uh funny stories? Oh,
1: actually we actually we have we, we have a question. Oh, question you want to know about Tough Enough, actually.
2: I'm very proud to be a part of Tough Enough. Uh, you know, I'm, i think it's one of the greatest things I got to do uh with WWE it was a fantastic opportunity and um I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, I met amazing people and and um, you know got to you know be uh you know, even more uh, notoriety and, and uh, more awareness around the world with an audience that didn't even watch wrestling. So, you know, it was fantastic. It was it was such a positive, wonderful thing. But uh, you know, uh, if I was asked, I'd go back and do it in a heartbeat. I was about yeah, to ask that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you're part of the first one, and now you're training students in uh, OVW, which is awesome. So,
2: sure, I've I've been training. Uh, you know wrestlers since 1990
1: wow uh-huh.
2: you know i've got a lot of a lot of wrestlers that are my kids that are my responsibility you know that i've started their careers and you know they've went on and had great success so very proud of them
0: yeah Killjoy
2: told us that you're gonna
0: because uh, when we had her on we told her we're gonna have you and she was like oh you're gonna love him he's he's cool he's a nice guy he's really nice he's really <sighs> yeah. sweet
1: and, and I think it was AJZ Z said that to us too. AJZ
0: told it. us to tell you. He said hi.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he said yeah. Yeah, he said he's yeah. He goes up to us and says he's like Al's gonna love you guys. You know. <laughs> so, but
0: so, so you you have two people that you know that that loved us.
1: <laughs> we
0: we're also having Killjoy's tag team partner, the Queen of Kentucky, this Sunday at two p.m.
2: Oh well, that's great. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. Well, That's great, it's buddy.
1: funny because
0: she gave us all her promotional pictures and then she posted the new one. And I told her, you know, now you got to send us that one because it doesn't make any sense to have her
2: <laughs> Sure. Comments.
1: Yeah.
0: She started laughing. She's like, I will.
1: <laughs>
2: um, Do you have any funny stories from the road? Well, I have tons of them. Um, I don't know if I could necessarily tell them all because, you know, they'll uh, probably... Implicate people and things, and <laughs> just you can tell the subtle ones, <laughs> that have on <anyone> involved. <laughs> I just I have to try to remember. I mean, oh. you know, uh, traveling with Marty Jannetty was like you know, um, every morning was like waking up in with like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom because he had the room booby trapped all the time, and, <laughs> oh, and he had you know, was always playing practical jokes constantly, no matter what, no matter where he went, you know, you always had to be on guard because he, you know, that's just how his brain worked, you know. Um, You know, Owen Hart was the same way, Um, you know, a a noted river um, that doesn't get credit for Steve Kern. Steve Kern's a a big time river. And so is Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning was was a notorious one as well, playing practical jokes all the time, Mm. you know. So you know but Marty was definitely you know uh, one of a kind Yeah. Uh, uh when they WWE had ICOPro, Pro WWF had Ico Pro um with the bodybuilding um company and uh they uh you know uh they um gave all the wrestlers supplements they gave uh Marty had a bunch of amino tablets and uh, they were kind of, he'd had them in his garage for years, and they were kind of brown on the edges, and so he started taking them, and it gave him horrendous, horrendous gas, just terrible, and uh, we were at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, and it was the old, it was the old Alamo Dome, and there was a little small closet like of a room where the agents would meet and go over finishes, and and, uh, Marty um, called me over, and had a big smile on his face. He goes, just wait here. And he ran in the room. And and then he came walking out laughing and, and walked off and just said, stand here. And I didn't move. And all of a sudden, the agents burst out of the door, you know, yelling. And Marty, oh, my God. You know, he had went in and fumigated the room. He uh-huh. uh-huh. farted. Crying, just at everybody and left. <laughs> <laughs> he shut the door so- behind him.
0: Sound like something I would have done, the geek in college.
1: <laughs> He's done some. He, Joe's done some mean things to me before in college. So,
0: <laughs> to walk out of the room and just be like, "What's wrong? What happened?" <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, that it was, it was definitely uh, that was Marty. Wow, that's crazy.
1: Justin says, "What are your thoughts on the vast majority of wrestling promotions out there?" As we know, it's so many, so much. And to wrestling fan and even a wrestler, it could be very overwhelming.
2: Well, it could be, but I mean, it's you know, um, it's uh, there have always been large numbers of wrestling promotions back in the day. They were just regional. They just you know you didn't have as much access to them as you do now. Um, but that's a good thing because it gives you the fan uh, choice. You know, you can pick and choose what uh, promotion operation you like more than the other and the one that you're, in, you know, really find uh, personalities, personas that you are invested in and enjoy watching. I mean, that's, I think that's a very big positive for, you know, the, the wrestling fans out there.
1: And Craig Lidorski goes, Al Snow's a true legend. So.
2: <laughs> I'm only a legend because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, and a future Hall of Famer. So,
2: at oh, the, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I, I think going
0: to get into the Hall of Fame.
1: I, a, have, I, think
2: a, I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be nice. It'd be very flattering, but don't think <laughs> uh, I'll be accurate.
1: Speaking of that, what was it like working with Vince? So,
2: uh, Vince is, you know, he's the boss. You know what I mean? I mean, he, you know, and as such, you know, Vince is responsible for everything and everyone there. And, and as such, he, you know, um, he's got the say, and you may not always agree with it, but, you know, he, he's the one who's responsible and, you know, the amount of, uh, uh, re- responsibility is commensurate with the amount of, you know, authority that someone has, and he's got all the responsibility. So as a result, he has all the authority, mm-hmm. you know, simple as that. And he is making decisions not just what's best based on for you or for himself, but what's best based on for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. because he has a responsibility to every single wrestler, every single employee there that are making, a, you know, that are relying on that on WWE to make a living, feed their families. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a responsibility to stockholders, you know, now that's um, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility for him to carry. And he's going to sometimes crack under that responsibility and have pressure and stress, and he's going to act out. And you know, um, but you have to respect him because he he never has asked anyone that I know of to do something that he would not do himself.
0: Yeah, like you got to be like that when you're the boss. You just can't just sit there and be like, "I'm going to make you do this and this and this." But I I wouldn't do it, but well, I want you to do it. You know what sure. I mean? Like. So, was there any wrestler that you didn't get a chance to wrestle from the Attitude Era that you wanted to wrestle, and who would that be, would
2: have been? Oh, I would have loved to have gotten to wrestle Kurt Angle. That would have been awesome.
1: Oh, that would have been awesome.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We really enjoyed that, you know.
1: Kurt- <laughs> yeah, that would been, that would have been an awesome match, by the way. You know.
2: Um, I I I really think it would have been fun to do and fun to watch, and you know, um. I Would have really, really enjoyed that, would have been a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, are, are you into any other sport? Uh, uh, you know, when I was
2: younger, um, I was into martial arts and things like that. I got heavily into <clears throat> hockey as a fan, I uh, loved hockey. I, have, I haven't gotten to watch much of it in uh, recent years, but um, I had a huge hockey sweater collection, I had about 300 and three hundred and seventy five hockey sweaters, actual game worn ones and stuff. And uh um, you know, it was, you know, I loved going to the minor league games and watching, you know, all the ECHL teams play. And um yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. To, I was a big hockey fan.
0: There's a by up really? my neck to the woods where I live in Pennsylvania, there's a the Penguins? I think yeah. it's the Penguins, minor league Philly. The Scranton. Wilkes-Barre,
2: Wilkes-Barre Penguins. Yeah, yeah that arena is nice. Nice little small yeah. arena. But it's- Racha, and the, you have the Royals there, too, the Reading Royals. Yeah.
1: Who would you say your favorite hockey team is? Sorry.
2: <laughs> favorite hockey team? Uh, you know, uh, it was Detroit, the Red Wings for a while, but, you know, they got they were kind of like the Yankees of the hockey. I mean, they had so much talent, and then they'd get into the finals and they'd always choke. You know what yep. I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, you know, I kind of switched allegiances, and I, I started going with the Dallas Stars for a while. And uh, you know, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. The law in in Ohio is that any major league team, uh, football, basketball, baseball, they gotta suck for you know decades, and then all of a sudden do really have a hot run and get great, and it's like national news, and then they gotta go back to sucking again. So. Okay, I have
0: an interesting question for you, Al. If you could bring back the Job Squad and you get a chance to put anybody for an Obw on that stable with you, who would you choose and
2: why? Uh, I'd probably put Dimes. Uh, he's such a great personality, um, you know, and uh, is so entertaining and so much fun to watch. Um, so he'd probably him. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. I would ask, what's your favorite movie you enjoy?
2: Favorite movie? Uh, yeah. You know, I love watching, uh, of course, comic book movies. You know, yeah. all of those uh, always have. Uh, big comic book fan, um, and uh, you know, uh, my favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. I think it's the most perfect movie out there. Um, yeah. And Christmas Vacation is hilarious too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my girlfriend's favorite movie. By the way, <laughs> she absolutely she recites all the lines from every year. It's just. Hysterical. Uh, every year <laughs> I
2: watch 24 hours of the Christmas story. I put it on TBS and I'll burn it. <laughs> that's
1: what her. That's what her family does too.
2: <laughs> yeah. My next question is a
0: nerd question. Out of all the Spider-Man like uh, movies that have come out, which one was your favorite?
2: Uh, they were all really good. Um, they were all very exceptional. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I think I really. Um, uh, the most recent one the, the the cartoon one the animated one the um uh, um with miles morales and oh yeah, that of, one was good
1: that I was actually really, good
2: really enjoyed that that was really a good one and i this one uh coming up um uh long way home or whatever it's called no way, no home. way home uh that one looks that one looks incredible it yeah. looks really good
1: yeah that last trailer he was
2: spider verse yeah,
0: it's funny my dad he kind of goes back and forth like Comic book movies, and he, I watched it on with him on Netflix, and he was like, "You know what? That was a good movie."
2: Yeah.
0: I really don't do comic cartoon stuff, but I liked
2: it. Well, they're doing the—you know—Marvel's doing a really great job at amazing doing. Not only are they great comic book movies, but they're great movies, and um, you know, and uh, you know, like the second Captain America, um, that was. Winter Soldier. That was that was an that that was just a good movie. Not just was it a good superhero movie, but it was just a good action movie. You know, really well done.
1: Yeah, that one, and I enjoyed uh, Justice League, the new one that just came out. Uh, Yeah, I
2: I like the Snyder one. You know, I I enjoyed the first one. Uh, It was it was okay, but there were a lot of holes and and. um, the one that I really did not enjoy, which was a big disappointment, was, was Batman versus Superman.
1: Oh yeah, there that was, just, was a big. So uh, many,
2: so many holes well, in that. That, you know, it was just so many leaps of of logic and, and the story that you just couldn't really enjoy it. Yeah, that was a big yeah. bummer to me. Just like I saw it, and yeah. I was just like, very disappointing.
1: Yeah, stellar.
2: I, I
0: could have waited. <laughs> I could have waited to put the way of the Netflix or yeah. Hulu.
1: Ben Affleck did not make a good Batman at all. I'm sorry. He's a good actor, but he did not play a good Batman.
2: I didn't like the trying to make jokes as Batman uh, because Batman doesn't make jokes. He's very, very, very ultra serious, and you know, uh, over over planning and paranoid and you know, obsessive. (laughs) Very dark. Yeah. Um.
1: Go ahead,
0: Joe. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Did you
1: uh
0: I'm I'm a big Ghostbusters fan. Did you see uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife yet? No, I have not yet. It
2: looks good. The
0: trailer looks good. Uh, I I, I yeah. saw with my dad and my dad looked at me and I uh, he was just like and then the movie lights are coming on, he was like, Oh I'm, I'm blown away.
2: I yeah. really like that movie. Yeah. The, the second one was fun, but you know, a little bit of a letdown, you know. Yeah. The one
0: this the one is really – just say – see it and know that Jason Reitman wrote a love letter to the fans. Oh, good. And cool. fond tribute to Harold. That's all I'm going to say. It's a very nice yeah. tribute to Hal Ramis. He would be proud. Good.
1: All right. Here's, here's a question. Favorite tag team growing up and favorite tag team now?
2: It's a... uh Favorite tag team growing up? uh Boy, the fabulous ones, probably Steve Kern and Stan Lane. Um loved watching those guys and then got to work with them. Um, you know, uh <clears throat> they were awesome. And uh tag team favorite tag team now. Um, I'd really it's hard to say. I don't really get a, an opportunity to watch much other wrestling because I'm so involved with OVW. that unfortunately it just you know, I I don't have much of an up chance or a time to Catch other shows. It's crazy. Well, you <laughs> think I would because it's you know that's what the business of in. But I just don't really have much time to do it.
1: So, so, what's what's your opinion on intergender wrestling? You'd say because I think the future is there's going to be no men's and there's going to be no women's title. I think eventually women are going to go for the men's title and it's just going to be one title.
2: Look, um, that's a loaded question because of opinion. Um, so I'm going to base it off of just what's the, what the general consensus is of society. Okay. And, and if in reality, all right. Um, you know, if, if you always have to ask yourself, if wrestling, professional wrestling was real, if it were real. Okay. The circumstance inside that ring is, that uh, you're standing across the ring from, uh, and you're a highly trained combat athlete in, in basically catch wrestling, um, the equivalent of like MMA. Okay. Actually, uh, professional wrestling was like a precursor to MMA. You have a 240-pound man standing across from you in the ring. And you're a guy. And you're your size right now. I don't know how much you weigh or how tall you are. Well, let's say it's a six foot three, 245 pound man. Highly trained. Uh, And when that bell rings, then he can come across that ring and basically do anything to you that would essentially get him arrested for felonious assault. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And you can't stop him unless you quit or the referee stops him because you've gotten to the ropes to make him break. He's intent on making you give up and he is going to try to do everything he can to do that as quickly as possible, either wearing you down to pin you or make you snap a joint or, or a bone. And you can't call, you can't call the police. You can't sue him you can't take any recourse because it was your choice to get in there. How long, how quickly are you going to just go across the ring and do that? At the weight that you are? Yeah,
1: exactly. None. Okay.
2: If you're a 140-pound woman or 160, and you have a 240-pound man who's highly trained and is doing the exact same thing, how likely would that woman just rush across the ring to... And will you ever see intergender MMA? Mm. Yeah, not. No, no, No. why not? Because it's unacceptable. It's Mm. not fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying. I'm I'm saying that's a generality. It's not the rule. Okay. You know, there are always exceptions to a rule. That's a generality. So, Mm. in the world of professional wrestling, the objective is not. To sell you what they do, which is what they all do nowadays, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's to sell you who they are and why they are doing it, the intent behind it. Because the only thing that's not real, quite honestly, in professional wrestling is the outcome. And you desperately want to believe that that outcome is real. Mm-hmm. So how likely are you to believe that a 140-pound woman's going to be able to survive, let alone beat a 240 pound man um, who's clearly heavier, stronger, and is going to be trying to cripple her while he's it, in that ring. There, yeah. there,
1: there's a lot of woman wrestlers on the indies that I do know that could beat a guy in a possibly,
2: match. Possibly. You know, I'm not saying there's not. I'm sure there might be. But yeah. the, it still comes down to it's a very, you know, physically, it's a very lopsided. Unfair fight, gotcha. Uh, you know, yes. and I'm not taking that on you know, any. There are, I know. Listen, women are, without a doubt, are not the weaker sex. I mean, they they are without a question or a doubt. They are they are far tougher than men in a lot of ways. You know, but that, let's just say, You know, in reality, men have do have certain advantages in, in weight, strength, etc. Leverage, yeah. you know, and as such, you know. Um, if they again, you're how how much do you weigh? You know, uh, Joe, how much do you weigh? I am light, so I'm about like a 140,
0: 140 pounds.
2: All right, and I'm standing across the ring from you at 245. You, how quick are you going to bring when that bell rings? Or are you just going to come racing across there and lock up with me?
0: I Probably would take my time because I'm more of like a small cruiserweight. So I'd like cruiserweight like grapple, I probably try to take my time and size you up.
2: So so if it were real and you would risk potentially me injuring you for uh, for real, putting you in an incredible amount of pain. Yeah. Like right, um, race across the ring. Yeah.
0: I take my time because I'm sure so you would be
2: very cautious, wouldn't
0: you? Yeah, I'd be cautious. Yeah. I'd be yeah. very So cautious. you're a man.
2: Yeah. How about yeah. how about a hundred and forty pound woman? Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys understand?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And the general population, Mr. And Mrs. Walmart, what does Mr. And Mrs. Walmart think? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you that, think there's that. going to be a possibility that you're going to have uh, where women are competing with men for a heavyweight title? Mm.
1: No. <laughs> no. Okay.
2: Yeah. Let's use common sense, guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I believe that one hundred percent, Alan. Like, just like, there's there's some women that think they could do it, but then when they get in the match against a bigger competitor, then they start going. Hey.
2: That's and that, that has nothing to do with gender. I mean, let's yeah. take you know, again, you take a guy who's five foot eight and one hundred and sixty pounds against a guy that's six foot three and two hundred and forty five or two hundred and fifty. That who has the edge physically in that match? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the three, two 250-pound guy. The yeah. He's bigger, he's heavier. That's why they have in real amateur wrestling, they have weight classes. Huh? Because it's unfair for a, a 140-pound man to go up against a 250 or 260-pound man because a 250, 260-pound man has an advantage where he can just lay on the guy if nothing else. and can The guy can't get up. You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's the reality.
0: Yeah, we got a question from the audience, Nemo Mania.
1: Oh wait, never mind. What steps do you take so, to get new talent in OVW?
2: We're always on the lookout. We're always searching for uh, new potential talent um, and uh, to build a roster. And um, you know, we have have them submit uh, you know a request. Um, you know, if they're interested in, in coming to OVW, um, and we take a look at them and, take, you know, submit, the, you know, videos of their matches and, you know, and a brief history of their experience. Um, you know, the three things I look for are, you know, one, coachability um, and, and whether or not they're being able, they were willing to learn and be taught and directed. And two is a good attitude because I don't need, I don't need uh, cancers in the locker room, you know, with bad attitudes, you know, uh, stirring up um, resentment um, or uh, anything. And three is the, to physically look the part, to, you know, look like you make your living. And and I, you don't have to look like a bodybuilder. I just need you to look like you make your living in a competitive combat situation. Simple mm. as that. Where an audience, when you walk through the curtain, believe that you could potentially whip somebody's ass for a living. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: That's, that's, quite we live in a very, you know, it's a very aesthetic cosmetic business. And that that's a portion of it. You know what I mean? That's like if you go watch Wolverine and he's not ripped and doesn't look muscular. If you go watch Henry Cavill as Superman and he's not built like Superman, it's hard to believe that he's Superman.
0: Yeah, you're right. All right, like there's we've we've had quite a few wrestlers on our podcast. We've had um, I don't know if you ever heard of Billy Stark. I'm sorry, I haven't. No, yes. she's a she's a she's she's starting to get up there in her name in um like Tennessee and stuff like that. She's a younger wrestler but she's really popular on the on the oh, scene. Yeah. Definitely check her out. She's really good. Great. Um, Karen Bam Bam is another wrestler from the East Coast. She's, she's pretty, she's, she's big to, everybody knows, let's start they're starting to really know about her name, um, Mother Endless. She's, she's like, here we go. If they put, um, if they put the DNA from Undertaker and Kane, and they put it in a Petri dish, Mother Endless would have come out.
2: Well, yeah. well I'm always, you know, always on the lookout and always willing to give people an opportunity. And, uh, and that's really what it is, is an opportunity. Um, we've got a huge, you know, a really wonderful platform now. We've got a lot of regional exposure, uh, here in the state of Kentucky. Um, and we've got a lot of national exposure. We're in over hundred million homes nationally and, you know, and then we're with, you know, sky sports and, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, sports international, we're all over the world. So, and then we have our own Roku and Amazon fire and Amazon prime and, uh, you know, and we're on fight tv every thursday live from seven to nine so we literally reach they have six million subscribers on that alone
0: so you have roku you're on roku so if i look up ovw you're gonna pop up
2: should be mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. remind that tomorrow when my mom and dad are making things skipping dinner i'll pop on ovw So like watch it over here in pa right so-
1: uh our, our friend me media asked what, what got you into wrestling uh,
2: I was 14, made the decision that that was what I wanted to do, and I began pursuing it from that point forward, and I never stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had somebody from, from a promotion from Pittsburgh ask a question. On,
1: no, on. Any interest in PWX in the Pittsburgh area? I'm work, I'm a worker there, and ha- I've heard
2: rumblings. Uh, we've been in talks, and, you know, yeah, definitely uh, trying to work out uh, something to where we can have a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: That's cool, Joe.
2: If you
0: if you could come back and wrestle any of the the guys now, which wrestler would you want to wrestle?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't I don't really know. I have it's hard for me to keep up with. You know, maybe Cody. I because I trained and broke Cody in, so probably Cody Rhodes.
1: Cody'd be awesome. So Sean
2: Spears, another one of my kids. Mm Cool. Got anything else? We got a He Oh. Little...
0: oh. Nah. He's just answering the question. Answering yeah. the uh, yeah. message. I'm looking at the chat.
2: i am I trying to... Um, do you play video games, Al? Uh, I try not to. I have a bit of an obsessive personality, and if I find a video game that I really like, I'll sit and not sleep or eat or go to the bathroom <laughs> for hours, and I'll just keep playing. The
0: yeah, game yep. that
2: I was obsessed with when it came out
0: was the Ghostbusters the video game the revamp the re, it, it has everybody in it Bill Murray is in it Dan Aykroyd in it great great Harold Ramos is on it uh, the guy that played Winston in it they came out in two thousand nine but they revamped it and brought it back yeah. it has everything it could have been the third movie it was the video game but it was like a third movie in a video game
2: video games are incredible you know when I was a kid it, you know we had Pong and then yeah. It, from that to, you know, Atari and, you know, ColecoVision and Nintendo and, you know, and it just kept going from there. It was just, it was amazing. It's amazing what it's become. It's just absolutely amazing.
1: have. Yeah, how is it working with Jim Cornette?
2: I love Jim Cornette. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. He's very passionate and, uh, you know, he can, he can be a handful, um, you know, because of that passion. Um you know, he really—he's a really driven person, and uh, get—he loves the wrestling business, and you know, tries to protect it to it to you know protect it to his death. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Do, do you like uh, musical or? Uh, of course,
2: will... yeah, yeah. I have a very eclectic taste of music. I always, I always put music on when I'm cooking and in the kitchen, and uh, I listen from James Brown to Patsy Cline to uh, Pearl. Uh, uh, um, crap uh, Parliament, to you know uh, Jimmy Buffett to uh, you know Nat King Cole, to Frank Sinatra, to Dean Martin, to uh, Glenn Miller. Um, I listen to it all. Mm.
0: You said the kitchen, so we all we, we love talking about food on here on dudes at ringside as well. What's
2: what would you be what would you say would you be your your
0: go-to food?
2: To be like oh, make, I'm making right now uh cheeseburger bacon cheeseburger tater tot casserole. Ooh. Uh, sounds okay. good. So good. I'll have to hop off here in a minute so I don't burn it. <laughs> <I understand. laughs> that's fine. Well, that's cool.
0: We understand. <laughs> you understand. You to you to eat if you mind, would you mind would you mind emailing me that uh that recipe at the end of the show?
2: I'll uh, I'll see if I can send it over to you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah cuz my mom's a cook and I know my mom would try that.
2: Sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I make it every year for Thanksgiving. My kids love it, so I always make it. So what what would
1: what would be on Al Snow's uh Thanksgiving table, you'd say? Uh well
2: definitely turkey. Uh of course, definitely. Bacon, bacon, cheeseburger, tater tot casserole. Uh, you know, we're gonna and I'm a big dessert guy, so uh any type of cheesecake I love. Ooh. Uh I love Boston cream pies. Um, uh, I love uh uh, I always bring desserts every year so you know brownies i bring I bring everything um you know I, I i eat way too much of it every single time way too much
1: yeah yeah on my girlfriend's table we have uh something called string bean casserole are you familiar with oh, that yeah, oh, yeah. that that's, that stuff's good <laughs> yeah
2: I'm, yeah I'm not a big vegetable guy you know I don't like to eat what my food eats so <laughs> um, you know I try to save that for for uh to help the, the world's food supply. Yeah. good. <laughs> Last question, Mar- before
0: our mods head explode, do you have any pets? Do I have any what? Pets.
1: Pets.
2: Do I, uh, I have two cats now. I want to make it clear, I've had lots of cats, but I have never once went and got a cat. Um, <laughs> they are always foisted on me by other people. Um, my I, my wife had a cat, and then my son uh, convinced her that he we should keep a cat for him And since he was moving. And then uh, when he moved, he would get the cat. And I was like, once that cat comes in this house, it's never leaving. And it's been here ever since. My daughter is like the Johnny Appleseed of cats. She, wherever she goes, she leaves cats behind. And, uh, and as a result, I've had multiple cats over the years uh, um, because people just keep bringing them and not, they don't go away. Um, <laughs> you know, they always find a way back home. So yeah. I've had dogs, you know, I've had, I had uh, two adopted race, former racing greyhounds. They were beautiful and wonderful animals there. I can't say enough good things about them. And, yeah.
1: Uh, and,
2: uh, a combination Jack Russell and Beagle, uh, the Jacobi And she was a wonderful, wonderful dog, just really terrific. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. I dig dogs. I mean, I, I like animals. I love, I love animals, and you know, uh, my wife had snakes before we got together. And notice, mm-hmm. I said before we got together, because if yeah. she still had snakes, something's going to have to change. So
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And one
2: last- snakes. Uh, so. yeah.
1: yeah. One last question I was going to ask is uh, this is the final one. What was it like working with Mick Foley? Because another legend Uh, right there.
2: You know, we we have a a great chemistry on screen, and it it, uh, really works, and uh, you know, don't know why, but it does, but, you know, and then he seems like he's obsessed with me to the point where it's almost like a sexual proclivity. (laughs) Very weird. (laughs) Very weird. You know, Mick, you know, for years in the wrestling locker room would be telling everybody, hey, when I get to wrestle, I'm going to be a stand-up comic, and everybody would laugh, and now he's a stand-up comic and nobody's laughing.
0: So, no gee, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> man. All right, um, um, thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Al. We know you have to get away and get your stuff out of the oven. So, it gotta get it out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, we <laughs> want to thank you so much the, the day before Thanksgiving for coming on our oh, podcast. Thank you. I
2: apologize, I missed uh, the original date. Um, You know, I. I Memory-wise, I'm not the best, and then another thing come up, an emergency thing came up, and I had to go do that, and then, and then one thing led to another. But I'm glad that I was able to to make it back up again. So, yes.
0: we, yeah. please tell your roster, uh, like tell your people in uh, your roster OVW about us. Tell them that if you're ever looking for an interview, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. <laughs> We'd be happy to have them on because sure. we love helping indie wrestlers, and we love getting and, names out there that people. Don't, we we're known all over the world, so like. People in Japan or like England be able to know about your roster, but no. Sure. Like yeah, you.
1: yeah,
2: that'd be fantastic. I will, I will definitely recommend them to get in contact with
1: you. Yeah, okay. and if me and Joe are ever in Kentucky, we'll come down to OVW. I'd love um, to
2: have you as our guest. That'd be terrific. I, that's cool. awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, thank thank you so
1: much again, Al. You have no idea how much this means to me and Joe. You know. Thank yeah. you guys
2: for the time. I really appreciate it. No Thank no you. Happy Thanksgiving
1: to you oh, yeah, happy, Thanksgiving, guys. To happy Thanksgiving. Take care. Take care. Later. Later. That was a that fun was, interview. That really was funny. awesome. Yeah.
0: It was so awesome. Yeah. So everybody, oh Geek, you have to go through the, the fun, the fun part.
1: The spiel. If you yeah, the spiel. Remember if if you want to, but you don't have to. You could always donate to us at http streamlabs.com slash dudes at ringside. http streamlabs.com slash dudes at ringside.
0: We will see you this Sunday. By the way, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. See you Sunday.